Another episode of Radio Rounds, the podcast interview series presented by St. Louis Children's Hospital, covering pediatric topics of interest to doctors and healthcare professionals. Here's Melanie Cole. From the accidental ingestion of blood pressure medication to novel drug exposure in adolescence, there are many toxic exposures, including exposure to lead, which can be effectively managed in the outpatient setting. You're listening to Radio Rounds, the podcast series from Washington University Pediatric Specialists at St. Louis Children's Hospital. I'm Melanie Cole, and I invite you to listen in as we discuss the Pediatric Toxicology and Lead Clinic at St. Louis Children's Hospital. Joining me is Dr. Jason Devgun. He's a pediatric medical toxicologist at St. Louis Children's Hospital and an assistant professor in emergency medicine at Washington University School of Medicine. Dr. Devgun, it's a pleasure to have you with us today. Let's start with what you're seeing in the trends for toxic exposures. What are some of the more common toxic exposures that you see in our youth? Well, thank you for having me. From the inpatient side, depends on the age range. In our pre-18-month children, unfortunately, the cases we're seeing are iatrogenic drug exposures. So namely from the home environment or, or care providers in the home, we're frequently called to interpret results of urine drug testing from outside hospitals, as well as our own drug testing here at St. Louis Children's, which goes directly to a targeted mass spec. In the toddler range, our most common calls for exploratory ingestions. So typically older care providers, grandparents, great aunt, great uncles have their medications stored in pill providers and are more likely uh, to have a stray pill that children can easily get into. We actually tend to see less consults in the four to 12 year uh, age range outside of snake envenomations, which are certainly common uh, around here in the summer months. And in our adolescents, we see consults similar to our adult populations. So a, a whole range of ingestions of analgesics or antidepressants, and then of course, uh, recreational and novel psychoactive substances to keep us on our toes. As far as the outpatient setting, this is relatively uh, new for this group, but we envision the majority of our patients comprising lead-exposed patients and post-discharge follow-up for our snake envenomations. Well, thank you for that, doctor. So tell us about the Pediatric Toxicology and Lead Clinic. Why was it established? How did it come about? Why did you see this need? Right. So actually, in our area, there isn't uh, another resource that provides this service. So there's a dedicated lead clinic in Chicago uh, through Lurie Children's, that at least I recall from my time in fellowship out there. There's also one in uh, Children's Mercy in Kansas City. But to my knowledge, there's no other outpatient toxicology clinic between those areas. And we saw this as an opportunity to provide services not only in the St. Louis metropolitan area, but hopefully through virtual visits to cover some of that need throughout Missouri and Southern Illinois. Well, then tell us about the services you provide, Dr. Devgon. Tell us about any lab or physician services. What's it like? Sure. So for our follow-up patients, we're able to coordinate through the St. Louis Children Outpatient Lab, getting outpatient lead levels. If there's a question of potential leaded foreign body, they can get an x-ray for that. We're mostly focused on the chronic lead-exposed child and follow-up. So this clinic isn't for acute exposures or what would normally be reported to the poison center, but frequently a child with an elevated lead level will have an elevated lead level for some period of time, perhaps even despite treatment. And we're able to take a lot of the 
burden that would be on normal pediatricians' offices to follow up on environmental assessments by, say, the local public health department and sort of trend and follow those lead levels, including potentially if they need treatment with chelation. Well, let's expand a little more on lead exposure, Dr. Devgan. Are there warning signs for pediatricians that you would like them to be aware of? And what are some of the long-term effects that you've seen of lead exposure and children's health effects based on blood lead levels? And what happens if they're left untreated? Right. So thankfully, lead exposure and lead toxicity is on the, the radar for most outpatient pediatricians. So certainly the number one risk factor is living in an area that has older housing and exposure to lead paint. So typically this is done by screening either based on high-risk areas, by zip code, or by screening questionnaires would be the most common reasons why a child would have a blood level drawn. So thankfully, Severe lead poisoning is rare these days. Um, at the same time, over the last 20 years or so, our understanding of lead as a neurotoxin and what constitutes the level of concern has changed. So our, our current CDC recommendations for a potential level of concern is five micrograms per deciliter, and it used to be higher than that. With lowering that level of concern, they've also recommended more targeted screening. So as I mentioned, high-risk areas and screening questionnaires. The effects of lead in, in children, so even at low levels in the five microgram per deciliter, and current evidence has suggested that maybe even lower than that, where children can have neurotoxic effects. The unfortunate problem is our medications and our available treatments for lowering lead levels at that low level exposure is limited. So chelation such as succimer, which is an oral medication, or calcium disodium EDTA are typically reserved for children with much higher lead levels in the exceeding 45 micrograms per deciliter. And as far as warning signs, certainly anemia and behavioral changes would be the most common signs. Unfortunately, in the age group that we typically see lead poisoning in toddlers, these are also common complaints. So it can make it challenging to pick up on perhaps a low-level lead exposure. Is this clinic for acute exposures, Dr. Devgun? How are your services different than the Poison Center? Right. So that's a great question. So our clinic isn't necessarily meant to replace the poison center or an inpatient uh, toxicology service. So this is mainly meant for subacute or, or chronic exposures. That being said, we're actually already fielding many of these calls through the Children's Direct Transfer Line from pediatricians' offices that have an elevated level, and they're looking for advice on how frequently to check labs, treatment options. So we find that this is a service that hasn't been available previously and could certainly help the community. Now, do you very often have to admit children if they've had this lead exposure? Speak about that. And if they are admitted, tell us about discharge planning. How do you help them with some home hazard reduction measures? Right. So thankfully, there are not many lead-exposed children that we've had admit to the hospital. Probably the most common reason for that would be an acute ingestion of a leaded foreign body, so lead paint. We've seen occasionally small toys or trinkets that have lead in them, lead sinkers. So those would all be 
potential reasons or an elevated lead level that may require treatment to be started in the hospital. In terms of a large part of inpatient hospitalization is focused on discharge planning and ensuring that the home environment is safe. Probably the most important interventions are preventing exposure, especially because our treatments at the levels that can cause potential neurologic problems are imperfect. So communicating with the local health department, having an environmental assessment of the home, and in some cases that may require the child temporarily housing with the relative or instituting some temporary lead abatement in the home itself. When should a physician refer to the clinic, Dr. Devgun? And do you need a physician referral? Can patients call themselves? Please give us the indications for referral and why it's so important for early referral. We're currently taking patients referred through a primary pediatrician office, and we're happy to see any child with a elevated blood level, so it's usually five microgram per deciliter or more, that the pediatrician would like assistance in managing. Certainly, we're interested in patients with chronically uh, elevated lead levels or those certainly that have a potentially treatable lead level. So greater than 45 microgram per deciliter or more, we're definitely interested in seeing those patients, but we're happy to see any lead-exposed patients. With regards to some of the other services uh, that we would offer, including follow-up post-snake uh, envenomation, a lot of those patients are actually referred from outside hospitals to us at St. Louis Children's, so usually we're able to see them. And thankfully, most of our snake envenomations in the Missouri area are milder than in the Southwest where rattlesnakes are more predominant. But occasionally we do get people that have persistent swelling or pain and would like or need follow-up. As we wrap up, Dr. Devgun, please let other providers know what you would like them to know about the pediatric toxicology and lead clinic at St. Louis Children's Hospital. And just give us your best advice about lead exposure. Certainly, we want to let pediatricians know that this service is available. We have ability to see children both in person and virtually in Missouri, as well as virtual visits in Illinois. We do have a Inpatient uh, toxicology service, we're here through Children's Direct for transfers that come to St. Louis Children's and through Children's Direct, especially for our children's affiliated pediatricians are able to take any information or referrals. Although we started off the pediatric toxicology clinic as uh, telehealth only, uh, we've recently have the ability to schedule in-person visits for all age ranges here on the WashU St. Louis Children's Campus. Dr. Devgun, what an informative episode. Thank you so much. And to refer a patient to the Pediatric Toxicology and Lead Clinic at St. Louis Children's Hospital, please call the Children's Direct Physician Access Line at 1-800-678-HELP. Or you can visit stlouischildrens.org to get connected with one of our providers. That concludes this episode of Radio Rounds, the podcast series from Washington University Pediatric Specialists at St. Louis Children's Hospital. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and all the other St. Louis Children's Hospital podcasts. I'm Melanie Cole.